Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. Mikey Booyah here. Uh, we have a special episode today. I'm going to keep this short because I got some uh, dental work done. Got myself some new teeth, son. Uh, it's been a while coming. I've had these uh, these busted teeth um, in, the, in the front of my mouth, not to mention the back of my mouth, but this has been, you know, years and years of uh, bad dental hygiene um, fear of dentists, as well as, um, copious amounts of drug use in my youth. So that destroyed my teeth. Now I got new ones, but I have to get used to talking with this thing in my mouth. Uh, I think I sound funny. Maybe you're like, I can't even notice it, but I'm sure that you can. I'm sure it sounds like I have a little, little extra shit in my mouth. Like I, like I have a paper towel rolled up in the roof of my mouth and I'm trying to talk normal. But at the re- at the time of the recording of this episode, I did not have my new teeth, so I sound okay. I guess I sound just as just as dumb as usual. See, I can't say shit like that anymore. As this get all lispy and shit. But this is gonna be a learning curve. Luckily, I have a couple episodes for the next couple weeks recorded and ready to go. So here is J One. J One is an artist that uh moved to Portland, Oregon, uh, relocated back here, and has just been uh, providing a lot of love and a lot of positivity in the local music scene. He's a dope artist. We talk about uh, we talk about all kinds of shit today. So it's myself, J1, Awesome Ty, and we got Sachi in the house too, and uh, let's do it. Let's do this. Maybe if I talk in an accent, it won't be as bad. Alright, let's do this. <laughs> Sounds perfect. I don't drink soda. Alright, and we're good, and we're going. Boom. Now I'm too hot. See that? See how that works? So hot. So conceited. So hot. Conceited, are we? Your ass down, boy. So, so you guys know, <laughs> I'm the hot one here. If we were a boy band, a four-man boy band, I would definitely be the hot one. <laughs> Mr. Hot Cakes. Uh-huh. A four-man boy band. They call me. They call me Beef Stick, and I have like a like a little extra Jack Links beefy. all the time. It's just extra beef. I'd be sponsored by Jack Links. Uh. So, welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast, everybody. Welcome. Uh, we have a full house today. We got awesome time in the house. Hey, hey, hey. We got Sachi in the house. Hello. Sachi, shut up, please. Oh, sorry. I didn't sorry. say to say anything. <laughs> you, you didn't say ha- Ty say anything. He has a catchphrase. He said his catchphrase. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Do you have a catchphrase? I can make one. Make one up right now. Uh, I'm glad, uh, never mind. I'll shut up. I'm a mom, never mind. I'll shut up is a great catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> And we also have J1 in the house. Good morning, beautiful bastards. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Yeah. Uh, we, we just recently met, um, kind of, at the Central Coast Music Convention. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe you were sick that day. The fluage, dude. Oh, no. Just dumping fucking sewage all over the earth. Was it a butt water type situation? Uh, 
Yeah, it's double entry exit wounds. Right. Oh no, it's <laughs> terrible. Just recently, I had I had this savage flu like a couple months ago. It might have been the same one. And yeah. it's the worst flu I had in like a decade. It's like some mutation shit took over California after that fucking thing blew up in the sky down in Vandenberg, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. It just sprinkled flu really all know. over us. <laughs> Nobody does. You know what I mean? It's all allegations and speculation. But uh, yeah, that was hard hard on me yeah i couldn't keep anything down i was i was shitting and throwing up savagely for two days and i almost thought i was gonna die at one point like yeah. i literally was like this is it i need to like uh, pale horse what riding, is it dude. what did he say like uh like uh, gladys i'm coming for you what is it <laughs> straight to the moon alice that's not it yeah i felt bad at the music con i was just floating through fucking had to be all like on point for people and shit and then I was actually glad that you guys were there just to like, so I don't have to really feel like, you know, I you was know, like, oh, okay, this is going to keep me on point, dude. Mm. If I, it was like every time like 10 seconds went by where no, I'm not talking to nobody, it's fucking, I just <clears throat> got lost in the mist, dude. Yeah, Ty yeah. and I snuck off to the side and did a podcast Nice at the at the music convention. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Renegade Podcast. Mm -hmm. It was fun. Did you, end, did you end up hitting up the, uh, the musical petting zoo? <laughs> 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 Did you notice that? No. There was a table. <laughs> there was a table there full of instruments that you can go and pick up and play. No. I didn't even look around, dude. What? You hear that squeaking noise? Yeah, I think that's my chair. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll stop. Moving. We gave. We gave you the squeaky chair. Uh, it's a joke we play. There's on another one over there if you want to swap it out that might be less squeaky. Yeah. I just won't move. <laughs> yeah. Just if you could just stay completely still and Sachi, if you could shut up, that would be great. <laughs> Oh man, I'm about to catch a black eye. I'm joking. All right, okay, calm down. Right, hook in the booth. Uh huh. I just want to clarify: this is not how we treat our guests on Awesome Times Running for Mayor, my podcast. This is this is natural habitat. This is their. It's in the jungle right now. It's very true. Very true. Ty is professional on his podcast. Really, dick swinging. I am not. <laughs> so, uh, so. I know that you, you recently moved here from Portland or back here from Portland. Were you born here? Where were you born? I was born in the Bronx. Yeah? But we got the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. That was some fucked up shit. Squeaky chairs in the <laughs> Uh We actually moved from New York to San Francisco when I was like five. Yeah. And we got, I love it, dude. We fucking get out of this neighborhood where it was just carnage, dude. And then we go to another one. I mean, I seen fucked up shit, like, when I was a little dude, like, I uh, saw some male prostitute get shot in the fucking face from my house, Damn. like, by these gangbangers, uh, you know, dude, like, getting here fucking changed my life, my family's life, like, I remember the first time I came here, I, I was just blown away by all the white people, <laughs> like, <laughs> there are a lot of us here. <laughs> It's true. It's beautiful here, man. It's it's almost like lost in time. I I was like always like kind of talk about it. it was like the fucking Shire dude from like Lord of the Rings. Like it's just like some off the beaten path, beautiful place where you can be on like permanent vacation. Mm -hmm. You know, like they do call it darn near paradise. Yeah, man. And yeah. I mean, like, in when we get like the good rains, the rolling hills, they do look all like New Zealandy. Oh man, on the way here, I was in it. You get yeah. all lit, smoke a nice blunt on a drive. Yeah. Not while you're driving, of course. When someone else is driving, you smoke in the safety of your home, and then you get into a car driven by someone, maybe an Uber driver or something, and then you look at the hills. Uber Steve. Yeah, Uber Steve laces you up. Uber Steve. So, uh, so 
when uh where when did you started doing music where were you living when uh when you started getting into that oh definitely here man my parents would leave and we had this big ass stereo with like the record player like four uh cassette tape and the radio all connected you know i started fucking and nobody i know i actually don't know why the fuck i started doing this but i would like record like drum breaks off the radio and then i would like connect them on these tape decks like the pause play pause play Mm. and i would make these little like little music fuck like sections and then i would do this like you know poetry shit over it for some girl you know and then so like so like like how like how everyone used to do like the mixtape thing how you would wait for your favorite song on the radio and then hit record and then do it but instead of with you know in sync songs you were doing it with <laughs> with metal piecing, piecing metal little head. things together i did like he- like heavy rock do like any like like metal break you know you just fucking like the drum break down fucking i put them up, like all together and then i start and i use this little handheld recorder and i would like record poetry over it and then it you know got it went from just like me trying to get some from some little cheeky to like you know saying something about the world you know i got real deep really young dude i had a lot of issues with society dude i was real pissed about a lot of shit mm. and i was real into punk rock so I, and the squeaky chair um <laughs> you know keep going i'm a lazy wife. so yeah dude it it kind of just evolved dude like my mom was a concert like pianist and um she would get these Switch chairs mid sentence. That's yeah. that's a trick. Ugh. Sorry, folks. No, it's good. Um, she'd get these crazy like concert, pia- uh, you know, piano like shit brought to the house, dude. And uh, fucking. You can move that up if you need to. And uh, it's a whole arm. My brother, dude, got savage on the keys at a young age. So what happened is we'd have these synthesizers with like thousands of different fucking sounds to pick from and my mom would leave and my brother figured out how to loop the shit and like how to you know record it within the unit and then he would make just these fucking amazing like beats and so then i then my poetry thing like transferred to that Uh so then like maybe fast forward to like 18 um you know i got knee surgery i was like an all-state basketball player and i was fucking gnarly with it and then i got hurt and i had to get you know sidelined for like a year on crutches and my brother lived down the street with all these skater dudes and they made beats and so i just would go and spit with them and uh that's kind of more where the hip-hop shit like started to escalate because i was always you know house parties and like cyphers and uh-huh. um kind of like got known for just kind of getting more deep on shit, you know, about societal woes and oppressive, like, components and whatnot. And, um, you know, dudes gave me, a, like, my skater homie, uh, Key Crumpton, who still spits. He's a pro skater up in uh, fucking Bay Area. is the one that named me J1. And, um, you know, had to do with my old last name, starting with the E. So you got J-O-N-E. And he like circled the O N E. He was like J one. He's like, it's almost like you're like this robotic like version created by the system. That's like a fucking nemesis to it, and all this sounds like whoa, you know, like we're all high as fuck. Uh-huh. But, you know, so yeah, dude, just kind of got into it like that, and um, 
you know, then like bands like that I had, you know, homies in bands and like they'd invite me to do little cameos on the mic. Mm-hmm. So, so were you like, were were you into a lot, like a lot of different types of music when you were a kid, yeah. or was there like a transitionary period where you moved and grew this like appreciation for hip hop, or was this because you said you were a metalhead when you were growing up? Yeah, no, I was, I was always uh, at odds within myself about like this, like seemingly natural tendency towards lyricism and, and like ability with hip-hop but i didn't really like a lot of the early shit like I, you know like i love like beastie boys and like you know even nwa and whatnot but i always really love like the new york style you know like rock kim uh you know like east coast hip-hop i think it was more of my bones just from being there like that's where our family's all from um and it, but yet i always wanted to be a fucking rock star you know like i've sang in metal bands uh-huh. i've sang in like thrash punk bands and just almost everywhere I, you know i tried to do multi in, in portland i had three bands i had a fucking hip-hop band like a funk hip-hop band and a metal band and yet nothing ever lined up with anything but the hip-hop shit so it was like Something I had to, like, accept at a certain point was, like, kind of fucked with me. It was, like, you know, I want to be this, like, singer dude that could rhyme, too. But then, fucking, I met walls, like, everywhere with the other shit. And then, like, open doors with, like, the hip-hop shit. And then started meeting dudes that kind of molded me, you know, and helped me. And actually, the underground scene is what kind of opened my eyes to the shit that I was about versus, like, you know, I always had issues with, like, the mainstream hip-hop shit kind of being shallow or, like, misuse of your fucking gift versus, like, dudes in the underground that I met are, like, fucking geniuses and activists. You know, I was real big into activism when I was younger. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, out in front of the courthouse smoking blunts and fucking with signs and shit and, like, getting thousands of signatures for the legalization and that kind of opened doors into other aspects of activism and in portland i was really involved with some fucking gnarly motherfuckers you know uh not afraid to stand up to the government type shit mm-hmm. and kind of what i you know learned on that in that scene was like unless you're bringing you know wisdom and substance with your words dude like you get no love and so that kind of changed me you know before i came back here so <coughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah man, you like, were you were saying that outside when uh, when we were smoking before the show. Yeah, that up in Portland, that was kind of the scene that if you weren't you know spitting some sort of knowledge in yeah. your song, then you were a joke, and you would just kind of get pushed out of the scene for it. Yeah, and you know, like ar- around here, we have had you know because I've been we I mean myself and Ty have been in the local music scene for what eighty five years now. <laughs> been like what 15 years that we've been making music around here at least we're not our welcome for sure yeah and uh and you know there's there's been a lot more people that have been pushing against it than supporting it and a lot of other artists like to go against each other and like to talk shit about each other and a lot of venues don't really fuck with hip-hop a lot so there's there's pros and cons what you were saying about how you were hitting walls with bands but opening all these doors with hip-hop to where it's a lot easier to just be yourself you only rely on yourself to do something to create something to show up and perform at a show but then you have to market yourself as something that someone wants to hear absolutely and it's a hard thing in between so 
Well, uh, dude, one of the things I learned in this area, like I, I kind of joke with people, you know, uh, out in Oso is kind of where I mostly came up, uh, where I work, you know, run the ale house and shit. Like, um, really learning quickly that it's about the interaction with the people on a very sincere level, like capitalizing on my time on stage, like to talk to the people about real shit, about, you know, their connection with each other and honoring each other and in really being present with each other and i think you know speaking to the people in that fashion helped them to move away from like the stigmatized aspects of hip-hop and be open because now i got old ladies and little kids hugging me after shows telling me they don't even like rap but they like my shit and they appreciate like the message Mm -hmm. you know And, and i feel like and maybe it opens these people's minds to that there's a whole spectrum of hip-hop of all different types that there are different styles that everyone will like, you know, everyone has, there's a style for everyone. And I do, I always relay that, dude. Like I I tell people all the time at the bar, like, Hey, if you ever want to know, and I've written down hundreds of times, just artists that I want people to check out that I know that they'll appreciate if they appreciate any aspect of what I do, just to let them know, like, dude, there's been, had been fucking people doing this shit for decades yeah underground music because and they're real and they're good people family people like sober people that have a real message and drive so you know that that is there and we're not the only people doing this shit like this we're just trying to you know bring this real culture you know like where i was born is where fucking hip-hop culture is born and i and then i came to this place and i'm like man I would love to bring that here, like a true understanding, because it's fucking rad. Like, it's about getting free on every level, right? Like, yeah, you know, not just you get free and expression, but also, like, you help your community be well and healthy and you educate yourselves, you know, how to be free from not just things, you know, like political type, you know, oppressive things, but also just like, you know, the things that were taught through media and like, fucking saturation like just how to fucking treat your body well you know in turn how to treat each other well and where that can take all of us versus like some bullshit like they're selling you this fucking you know fake ass thing in the mainstream that's just nothing like it's hollow empty bullshit like yeah so it entertains you for a minute but really there's things that exist that have substance and you know can do good things for your world yeah, I love that, man. I think that was beautiful what you just said. And I totally agree with you. There's, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a big fan of underground rappers. Like, I'd say, I, I could confidently say that my probably favorite rapper is Idea. Yeah. And The Many Faces of Oliver Hart is like one of the best albums ever made, in my opinion. And that's some real shit. Give and, me chills, man. And he unfortunately wasn't, you know, didn't end up getting sober because he died from you know, a bunch of different complications and different stories, but he died young. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people, we'll talk about Sage in a minute, because that's someone that you had a connection to in Portland. But, um, you know, these underground rappers like that, and, you know, like Strange Famous and Rhyme Sayers, and, uh, I mean, we were all geeking out on Prof. Like, you know, Prof is kind of like, kind of like, kind of like a forget about your worries and party kind of rapper, but he also speaks truth in a lot oh, of his yeah. songs. So, you know, there is this side of hip hop that's uplifting that I think that sadly enough, a lot of people don't know is there. You know, right. you look at hip hop and, you know, the regular person who doesn't listen to hip hop looks at hip hop and they see, 
you know, what's like like Lil Peep or something? Is that a person? Yeah. <laughs> it's the one that just died, isn't it? <laughs> I think that was Lil Poot. Oh, was that? One of, one of the little style. I want a list of how many fucking rappers start their rap name with Lil. You know? Young you and got Lil. like fucking 300 and something at least that I've counted, dude. Uh-huh. I think it just has it just has to be a thing now. If you become a rapper, it's Lil something. Because Lil or Young? the Lil Man complex, dude. Who was the first one? Lil Bow Wow? Little Romeo? Lil Wayne? Lil Wayne? I mean, Wayne's the first one that comes to mind, but I'm sure it dates back farther than that, even. Yeah. There's got to be. I want to find out. Who started this bullshit? Sachi, Google it for us, please. (laughs) (laughs) The first first rapper named Lil something. Lil motherfucker. Uh But yeah, it's crazy. But uh, what's what's cool is I heard this explained somewhere, and I I don't remember who it was, but it it stuck with me that hip-hop is a constantly evolving thing, much like everything else. And every once in a while hip-hop will go into the mainstream and some of the best hip-hop will be on the radio and will be, you know, available to the world and everyone will know it, top of the charts. And it's starting right now. Like, I, I'm a really big fan of Kendrick Lamar and he's one of the biggest rappers out there. And it'll go up. Everyone will be making good music. It'll start getting saturated and bland. And then hip-hop will dip back down into the underground. And people that are just in the clubs and in their home studios and don't have a huge name will be making the best hip hop out there until it resurfaces back up to the mainstream balance. And it's like a little, uh, like if you think of Nessie in, in the Lake Loch Ness, it's like the timeline of hip hop coming up above the water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Music's become so devalued itself that there almost really is no mainstream or, or underground too. You know what I mean? It's all about what you can do outside of your music and how you can market it yourself and, you know, get other revenue streams because nobody's really making money off music. It's so easily pirated. I mean, you make a little bit of money off streaming, but I mean, you're you're still having to get millions and millions of streams before you're going to see anything serious as far as monetization goes. So it's really about, you know, live shows and how you can make your money elsewhere. Uh Yeah, dude, I love, like, live is what I'm the most about. Like, I've, in fact, in my past, I, you know, like I was kind of saying when we were setting up, like, I didn't put any stock into the internet or even technology. I just wanted to show up, give my music. I just gave shit away. Like, I didn't, I was, like, kind of so extreme in it that I shot myself in the foot as technology advanced. But, like, you know, basically in the first, like, many years, I just avoided it like the plague. And then kind of realized I was working against myself. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, I... I I've been torn in the past with this shit just because I I tend to, like, take a purist stance, like, as far as the message. But then, you know, I understand that, too, like, part of hip-hop is just about enjoying yourself and your life and, you know, having a good time. So it needs to be all of that. Yeah, and social media is a weird one because I was kind of the same way to where I was. I'm late to the game on literally everything. Like, I don't, I don't join new things. Like, I'm about to join Reddit in about a week, I think. <laughs> like, I'm really excited about that. And I'm pretty sure Reddit's over now. So, uh, you know, I'm really late to this shit. And when you, when you get on it and start pushing it, it's kind of like a weird, like, you need it to promote. 
because it's like a it's a wonderful 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 tool <laughs> and it gets your message out there and gets your face out there like i i see on instagram you've been doing like the daily freestyles right which is like a great thing gets your people can hear what you sound like instantly they're like okay this is what his flow sounds like and it has links on your page to all your music and it just gets right there on their feed so yeah man i kind of took this stance of like you know i'm not saying nobody else does that shit but like it kind of just hit me i'm like dude every day you know i'm an mc like primarily like first and foremost i love to rhyme like if nobody ever knew that i did this shit and nobody ever gave me a dollar for any of it i would still do it in a dark room exactly and love the shit out of it's it. for the love of it so like when i'm driving to work and i've you know been rhyming my whole entire life in my car like i was like fuck i'm just gonna hit record on this shit you know and then like you know, like I was, you know, showing Saatchi is fucking, it's like ridiculous, like Sage liked one of my videos and then all of a sudden there's like 5,000 fucking views, you know, it, 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 the whole shit is still kind of crazy to me, like the other day, you know, I would have had like 500 followers like last week and then uh, Shifty from Crazy Town started following me <laughs> and like show me some love and then in that and I, I was laid out last week with kidney stones in bed so this is some weird shit fucking in bed like hurting like motherfucker and then uh, Strange Famous sends me like $200 worth at least of like gear like clothes and all this shit cause I mean I'm not really I don't know why I, I just have a weird kind of good relationship with them sometimes been on the horn with the uh, storm david that uh, storm davis who's the manager of the label uh-huh. trying to set up a show to bring them through here you know sage has played at slow brew once i found out but they haven't really come through here they go to santa barbara and they and i've been to those shows there's like 20 people and i was like man we can get you guys good here like come through here this is what i can do for you and then they were into that and then they sent me a bunch of shit so then kind of got this weird attention for like two days and then my whole shit just went off on instagram went up to like five thousand something you know mm-hmm. and and i never experienced any weird like viral anything so you know i don't know man it, it's just kind of is what it is i think no matter what my point is i'm gonna do what the fuck i do and then maybe even though i thought in my in the past it was kind of cheesy or corny i just like fuck it everybody records their shit now i'm gonna fucking record yeah. this shit no, no matter what, it's going to be cooler than everything else you see on there. And that's that's what I that's what I try to do is I try to post on everything that I can, but I try not to look at it at that much because it kind of like I I have a weird give and take with social media. I think it's I think it desensitizes us to the world around us. I think that yeah. a lot of people are addicted to social media. I'm fucking I'm on the same shit with all this conspiracy shit as you. I think oh, yeah. I think that I agree with a lot of this stuff. I just don't really get into it that much. Cause I just try to fuck around. <laughs> no, I spent the first two, t- you know, twenty years of my life, dude, just fucking like a conspiracy nut. Like, in fact, that, you know, is why eventually I got red flagged by the feds because we were just, you know, yeah. kind of talking about. Yeah, so, I want like, to talk about that. So basically, yeah. dude, long story short, <laughs> if you educate yourself, no, we got time to <laughs> a major level. Like you spend years and years and years connecting dots okay, uh-huh. throughout time around the globe. You know, and you start, and if you connect too many dots, then you're going to get put on the, the radar of, you know, some federal government shit. If you do something about those dots, then you will get red flagged. So, like, basically, I was contacted at a certain point because I was in my lyrics and I was putting my music on the internet for free. 
and it was just going. Like, it was just people, you know, downloading the fuck out of it because it was just free, and it was saying some raw, like, gnarly-ass shit, and, like, somebody contacts me one day claiming that, you know, oh, well, we've been watching you, da-da-da-da-da, and... I was like, fuck you, you know, you ain't fucking the feds. Yeah, I'd be like, that's bullshit. Right, and then they're like, then I get some more warning emails. No, like, you know, basically, if you don't stop, we're going to, you know, remove everything from the internet that you have, and then we're going to probably come after you. And I was like, fuck you. Well, it's like, what, 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 what was it that you were saying in these songs? I just, was just saying like, just the like fucking your, truth your of regular, everything yeah. that I had, you know, researched for decades of like, you know... <laughs> Like first of all, just you know, it had to be bombs in there because I've I've heard some crazy shit in some songs. I mean, just in in Sage songs alone. Right. I'm thinking like makeshift patriot. Like he calls a lot of shit out in that song and connects a lot of dots. So think about makeshift patriot. Like even though it's dead on, right? In fact, it was ahead of everything. Like as far as you know, like if you really study 9/11 and stay open and you see the facts of it, you'll see that. There's no other possible, like, outcome really didn't, you know, that at least on some level our own government was involved or funded it or something. But, like, along the lines of, like, you know, that somebody in this country has to take responsibility for that and not just this bullshit, like, smokescreen that we're fed. So, like, what I was doing with my music was I was being, like, just so fucking blunt, like, you know, basically calling for a revolution. Like, it was almost like a encouragement. It was like me standing there with a megaphone in front of, like, a fucking decimated land and a crowd of, like, remnants and, like, people that are left over, like, being like, dude, we need to fucking rise up. And I wasn't really thinking about it intelligently. I was just, it was, like, raw, like, what I felt, you know? Like, I couldn't convey all of the fucking years of all these things that I had, you know, studied, um, you know, so I tried to compress it into the music, but I did it in this way that was like calling for action, and that's what they mostly didn't like. Was like, <coughs> they basically they were inciting were some sort yeah, of... that it was like some terrorist shit, mm. you know, like calling my music like terrorist music, and you know, I, I now looking back, like I, I I I get it. So like basically, <laughs> what happened is I I was like, "Fuck you, you're not the feds. I'm not doing shit." And then I got a phone call. And that's kind of what changed it for me. Because then I was like, all right, somebody's, like, calling me. I'm talking to them. So they're not just fucking with me. Like, they're not some random-ass person thing. They're fucking with me. So then I was like, but then I just got crazy on this dude on the phone. I was like, you know, uh, got real worked up and just cursed him out and fucking mm-hmm. hung up. So then five minutes later, dude, all my shit is off the Internet. Like every, like my, and this is back like MySpace and then Facebook was just starting, you know, my, all my email shit. Like okay, now that's, just, that's crazy. None of Cause up existed. until right then I was like, okay, this is obviously a guy fucking with you. Like, right. I don't think that the feds were actually calling you at all. And I almost was like, you might be a little, you know, a little crazy over here, J1. Right. But it turns out all of your shit was wiped off the internet. Right. That is insane. Right. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah. So basically... That made me step back hard. Like, I, it freaked me out, dude, like, to be honest with you. I just, you know, had gotten married, moved to Portland. You know, I was playing live shows, and then all of a sudden, this happens. Mm-hmm. So then, that's when I first 
reached out to Sage. You know, I was like, I, I know he loved Portland. He was always in town. You know, I was building a name for myself, playing around, been there for like a year. Um, you know, and then I emailed him. I was like, hey, dude, like this fucking happened. And at first he's like, no. Uh-huh. Like me, no. probably. <laughs> but then I started like, you know, uh, it's basically he was convinced of it uh-huh. at, at a certain point. So my what I went to him for was just advice. Like, dude, how am I supposed to move forward from this? Like, I know there's a way, like, I've been inspired by dudes like you, you know, Immortal Technique. Like, I believe in this movement, but how am I supposed to, like, survive after this with, like... And so it kind of just turned to this, like, correspondence of, like, you know, how to find a balance. You know, how to, like, still speak on this shit, but not... You know, because the other aspect that, like, kind of crushed me, dude, was that I was on their radar now. And now I have to be really careful. So what I did is I just basically stopped even using the internet at all. And I just focused on my live shows and interaction with people. But, you know, you do have to use this shit eventually. So I kind of, like, if you ever, if you listen to, like, my album Numerica, you know, I, I made it primarily after my wife passed, you know, from cystic fibrosis. Um, it was a very dark, like heavy, like place that I was in, but it also was my attempt at saying all those things without kind of taking it into that place that would put me or my family kind of either in danger or on the radar mm-hmm. in the wrong way. Like, kind of more in a subtle, like yeah, tongue in cheek kind of way. Yeah. More metaphor. Cause I think, I think that's the best way with, with stuff like that. If you, cause like I, I love the mortal technique. But then after a while, I kind of grew out of it because I thought that the message was too hard. Like he was trying to like kind of knock it in too hard right. to where you stop listening. Exactly. And there's a subtle way to push someone in a direction to to re- like do the research themselves. Right. You shouldn't have to learn it all in the song. You should get one piece that's like, what is that all about? Dude, exactly. Like that was more what it what hit me was like, dude, these people aren't going to take this shit at face value no matter how raw <coughs> it is. Like, in fact, the only way they're going to have anything click for themselves is, like you said, like, if you coerce them in the, you know, basically just put in front of them. If they choose, they can, you know, engage it. And if they really care about finding truth out, they can. Anybody can find out anything, you know, that they want if they're seeking it wholeheartedly. But you can't, can, we're not here to convince or preach. And I, and so honestly, dude, I look back at that whole thing as like a blessing, like in disguise. Like I was fucking preaching. It was fucking super gnarly and it was calling for action on a level that, you know, I can't expect the average person to even swallow. Like, and, and so I think it helped me to step back and, and be objective towards my own shit and just be like, you know, this isn't even healthy for you, dude. Like for real, that shit wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like getting, like delving into that shit made me an angry person. And that's not good either. That's not healthy. Like, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of was the same way to where my older shit was like all murder rap kind of stuff. And I was, I was just kind of emulating what I was into and what I listened to. And then I had to like find my own style. Yeah. And, uh, and Ty was in the world class wrecking crew with Dr. Dre. Fact. When he was first starting his career. It's true. 
But uh, so so you had reached out to Sage to tell him about that, and Sage <laughs> Sage Francis, he's an artist that always spoke to me. Right. And uh, I remember when I was in school, I I was at a North County Community School here in Paso, and we were learning about uh about the different branches of government. Our teacher was teaching us poorly about the different branches of government really loosely one day. And then uh, at the end of the class, he came up to me and my homie and he was like, uh, you know, I, I can't really like tell you this stuff like legally as a teacher, but I can give you this. And he gave us personal journals no by way. Sage Francis and he just straight handed us a CD. That's right. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, Sage Francis, like, I think you guys are going to like it. Like you guys... <laughs> Because I was asking all these questions and I was like, well, this doesn't make sense and blah, blah, blah. But I had no understanding of what I was hearing. I was just, you know, posing questions because I was a little piece of shit. And he was like, I think that this will like help you. And I think that this has what you're looking for. And we went back to my homie's house, got lit, put it on, and it fucking blew my mind. I never heard anything on that level before. Hell yeah. And it was totally different. I was used to like, you know, I was listening to like, like Method Man and shit. And then I got into this crazy underground stuff. That's fucking rad, dude. That's so you, a good teacher. Yeah, I still... <laughs> and I, I actually... Uh, I hit up Sage one time. I emailed him and I told him that story. And I think I was just on some... Uh, it was when I was younger and I was on some like, you know, just hit up your idols and let them know that you appreciate them type shit. You know yeah. what I mean? I was like, hey man, I really fucking dig your shit. You've done a lot for me. And I told him the story about how I heard about him. And he was like your teacher sounds very interesting. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not sure if I would like to meet him or not, but I'm glad that you found my music. You know, honestly, he's just a rad down to earth person. And that's more kind of what I was, you know, what I've talked with Sachi about is just like, because of the timing of everything with uh, my correspondences with him, you know, and then leading up to when my wife passed, he took the time to really just, spend you know encouraging me and helping me to like see things in a way that like had hope for the future and you know and this is about five and a half years ago um and i, I think that it just dude honestly like it gave me a new uh kind of precedence like to set for myself as far as like an artist and my relation to people like like I, I just said a very like powerful intention, like, dude, I want to be like this real and sincere with anybody that shows me love or even if they don't like, just like staying true to like the fact that somebody did that for me, who's essentially a stranger to him, mm -hmm. you know, just being a real human being and, and seeing, you know, that he actually, it was, I don't know, like it was a crazy fucking thing. Like to have somebody that you really were inspired by and looked up to, that just came at you like on a very personal level to help you through the hardest thing you've ever been through. And I think because of that, you know, obviously we'll just show endless love to them and support. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not really like trying to get on their teat or like coattails or anything, dude, just more like, man, if I can just like help really let people know that those are real fucking dudes mm -hmm. that, you know, are on, some truthful energy shit and they care deeply about what they believe in and it's good for you. Like, you know, so not, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to like blast them out. Just more like, 
you know just giving respect where it's due yeah i remember i saw him at rock the bells probably like 2011 and he gave half of his set to tumex who is like a local um southern cali rapper and it was basically because he felt that tumex was getting robbed by not being booked on there and like the whole time tumex was performing sage was holding a sign that said something like why isn't tumex on rock the bells or something <laughs> like that tumex is dope as fuck yeah. like you know i i think um I have this, like, kind of, like, living mantra that's helped me, you know, heal from, like, certain shit in my life and uh, make shit very clear. And it, and I always just ask myself, like, what would a good man do? And that, like, statement to myself and question really is born out of my kind of correspondences with Sage. Like, because he asked me that, like, you know, like, what would a good man do right now? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. That just made it so clear and easy, and that has helped me, like, a lot. And and that's what I tell people now, dude. Like, it's real simple. You know, in all things, what would a good man do? And just fucking do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and it really is, I mean, like, you really have more control over your existence than you think. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I just recently like uh like realized what love really meant it just happened like a couple days ago and uh and i i think that what it what it means is that you want someone to live their most fulfilled and radiant life that they possibly can and experience Absolutely. the most in the in the world and you know all this different there's all this different types of love that you can give to other people but you know the when you boil it all down and you take away Every, every, all the like all the cover shit and all the you know physical things love is you wanting someone to live the best life that they can Hell yeah. and I think that that is what attracts people in hip hop and that culture that love that connection and I think that you know all of us here have that thing that is missing in hip hop maybe not Ty he hates everybody <laughs> but <laughs> but uh you know, that love is crazy. And I mean, like, you only, you realize it more and more every day as you move on that you, you're only here one time. Like, it's so fucking cliche because they say it all the time. And YOLO became a thing. But, <laughs> oh, God. but I'm, I'm as, I'm younger than I'm ever going to be. Prof said that. <laughs> I'm younger than I'm ever going to be right now. And I mean, like, how lucky are we that we are, alive in 2018 in evolved monkey bodies that can sit in this room and talk to each other on this podcast and create art and interact with people and do do for other people even if it's one person what these other artists have done for us when we oh, were yeah. when we were in hard times you know what i mean i wouldn't trade this shit for anything man and honestly i believe that you know like vibration finds itself so like Anybody with that real love, you know, even like we've talked about in the Central Coast, um, what there's lacking, but also at the same time, dude, the ones with the real love are going to be drawn to each other, like almost magnetically. And I think, you know, as in all things, we have a choice of what can be done with that. So, I, yeah, absolutely agree with you. Fucking blessed across the board just with this life thing, like the gift of this. And then on top of that, all the tools at our disposal and the resources like dude your studio is dope like 
I mean, <laughs> just like what I've tried, you know, been able to do with like a little basement room and my and Pro Tools and a shitty mic. Yeah, well, that, that's where all of us were at two months ago. Like, th- this is like a a culmination of everybody's stuff and gear and time and yeah, you know, everyone's Almost. investing in it. Like it's, it's really it's it's really Roach Clip, man. You got to give it up to Roach Clip. Like he's the one that most of this shit's his. It's his dream. And I mean, we all have this dream, but he's the one that was like, let's fucking do this. Oh, yeah. And we did it. Talented motherfucker. So, right boom, there. here it is. But uh, it's it's really refreshing to hear you talk about it like that, because, you know, most people, when you hear, oh, I, I'm a rapper, I'm a hip hop artist. And you're like, oh, dope. Like, you know, fucking what's up, blah, blah, blah. And they're just like, yeah, man, like I'm the dopest ever. And I'm probably going to be the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, like once people hear me, then I'm going to blow up and like. Okay. And you're like, let me hear one of your songs, and they're like seven and seven and seven and, and it's just like all the same <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> what? So. There's a rapper named Lil A. <laughs> I don't want to do that when I saw that. That my my brain stopped. Like did, I was just. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, that's brain rape. Did you uh, did you find out who the first Lil was? I did. Oh I did, shit! I, I totally forgot. I think we forgot. all actually know who this person is. No way. Lil Troy. Lil Troy. Lil Troy coined the name in 1988. Oh, yeah. 88? I wonder if he gets paid every time. It was I want to be a baller, right? Yeah. yeah. Want to be a baller. <laughs> That's what I thought. Shot Oh, and damn. Blade. And then, then Lil Bruce. Lil Bruce Bruce. Yeah. Uh, He's the second, okay. yeah. second, second artist to have on it. Is there a whole list there? There's, in order? Uh, I don't know about in order, but... <laughs> so you got Lil Bruce, 89. Lil Mac from New Orleans, 1990. And Lil Fame. In 92. That's kind of what they give you there. I think Lil Fame's from MOP. Yeah. Man. It's like a, it should be like a fucking epic documentary about the people that <laughs> paved the way for the Lil Lil's. <laughs> it's actually, it actually is a whole article named A Brief History of Lil Rappers in Hip Hop. <laughs> wow. You can, you can make like a real baby chart of like how many Littles there are and how good the music is and it'll just be horrible. Just the population of... Uh-huh. Lil's throughout the years. Fucking Oompa Loompa's coming out <laughs> singing this song about it. Now, I think historically, Bigs have been more successful gonna, and talented. Yeah. Yeah. I was just you got your Big it. Daddy Kane. <laughs> um, got your big pun. Yeah, big pun. Uh-huh. Got your of fat course, Of course, notorious. <laughs> big or fat, either one. Yeah. But very true. I think that that's a great point. When is it going to swing back? Much like hip hop swings from mainstream to underground, Where's maybe it's going to swing from big yeah. to little. How about oh. sorta? A uh, medium Joe. Medium Joe. That actually not a bad idea. Holy shit! All right. Well, I'm going to strike that from the record and steal that idea from you. <laughs> it's going to be my new name. I'm great medium. Medium booyah. <laughs> All right, sweet. Well, I think we're about done. Uh, where can people find you online on this new social media tip that you're on? You're on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Handle? Oh, Instagram is J1 underscore conscious underscore hip underscore hop. So J1 conscious hip hop. Could you put maybe one or two more underscores in there for the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, J1 hip hop.com. Uh-huh. I built that site myself. That was a whole new learning experience for me. Um, but yeah, all the links for everything's on there and, you know, it's right, pretty sweet. cool, man. I got free downloads like per each album. So there's like four free downloads on there. And, you know, honestly, dude, I don't really 
do this shit for the money as much as the love so like anybody that hits me up dude if you like anything i'll probably just hook you up i've done that quite a bit for people <laughs> you know if you i always tell people like you like a song just tell me i'll, I'll email that shit to you like yeah you know so boom well there it is yeah get free songs hit them up so j1hiphop.com yeah, we're doing a link show out to everything. May 6th, you know, with Rogue Status for, you know, opening Tech 9. That's so, right. So yeah. some local love, man. Like that, really that's where it's at, right? Like the local, like these people that live here in your community, dude, we all affect each other's energy every day. Absolutely. Like come and show love and it'll be given back to you, man. Like, and just keep that shit yeah. going. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can rebuild 2009 through like i'd say like 2011 2012 the scene the local music scene was popping yeah it was it was you know there we were doing shows i'd say on a you know bi-monthly basis probably and and now it's they're few and far between even not even just for hip-hop i'd say for like all genres Mm -hmm. there's only a couple of venues doing live music and especially for for local artists it's Slim Pickens. Hey, I'm working on it. Promise. I'm already putting, like, I've already pitched a couple, you know, Rogue Status, J1. We get Mikey, you know, anybody involved, like, with, you know, like, I'm I'm working on it. So definitely looking forward to, you know, a couple things that, you know, are in the future. But, like, dude, if nothing else, I've been putting on shows on the coast the last couple of years, and we'll get everybody involved regardless. Yeah, we're trying to uh, get something going down at the Siren. I don't know if you've been there yet. Yeah, um, open for I've the robots there. Yeah, I've noticed they've had some some um, local shows popping off. So if we can get the right show together and get you know enough promotion going into it, I don't see a reason why we couldn't. You know, we wouldn't necessarily need a headliner. Yeah, we're with you, man. So, yeah, no, I, I got like kind of my vision of it is a show that switched up throughout. Like everybody performs, keeping it fresh the whole time. You know, like somebody goes, somebody else goes, somebody else goes, and we you know like do. Kind of back and forth type. Yeah, deal. totally. We got a couple of DJs like, and and honestly, I did hit up the siren uh, two days ago. That's actually a really good idea because that yeah. would keep like the crowds from like filtering out. You know how like, yeah. you know, when you have multiple artists, their crowd yeah. comes and yeah. It's yeah, good stay, dude. That's a that's stay a really good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why haven't I thought of that sooner? Actually, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna strike that from the record and take that from the no, I'll but, give it all away freely, man. But that's awesome, man. And we're definitely uh, we're definitely down, and we'll collaborate more. And we got to get you back on the podcast. We got to do some tracks, do some shows. Yeah. And let me. Uh, we'll build this thing together, man. You want me to spit some real quick for you? Oh, you want to spit? You want to do some? Yeah. Uh, do some sweat in the morning type shit. J one is. Oh <laughs> shit! All right, you want? I, I want to say like this, this is a really old fucking verse that kind of embodies you know where I was at like in my youth. But, uh, you know, here we go. All right. I break free from the systematic addiction. The friction of life lies in a coded encryption, a barcoded affliction, sugar-coded depiction, split-second decision between mechanical incision, political affliction, and word-of-mouth tradition. A man on a mission, prime third-eye vision, see the writing on the wall before subliminal collision. Static transmission in a spiritual prison, got him wishing on a star screen. No one listens, nothing's what it seems, what I need is what it isn't, life can change in an instant. Leave the soul cold and distant, they missed it, cause they put it all on a misprint, waiting for a sign in line with all the misfits, miseducation, fueling dedication to vocal resonation, the style, alchemistic, eradicate the hate, tempt fate, pump logistics, now wake up. Yeah, that was dope. That hell was yeah, that was way dope. 
Thanks, See, man. lyrical as fuck. I appreciate you guys having me, man. Fuck yeah, anytime, anytime. Uh, there it is, Dunzo. Right on. That was fun. Natural habitat recordings.